Good morning, church. Good morning, family. How's everyone this morning? We're going to just worship the Lord this morning. We're going to praise the Lord. <laughs> and um, hallelujah. We're going to sing a new song this morning. When it gets to the chorus, it talks about hallelujah, and we sing it over and over. And hallelujah is two words. Hallel, which is an extravagant praise. Yah is Jehovah, Yahweh. And so we're going to praise the Lord, Yahweh. Hallelujah. And we're going to give an extravagant praise. We're just going to worship the Lord. And you just feel free to worship however you want to. So we're just going to worship Jesus morning. So y'all join us. Because he's worthy of all praise and all honor. And we're going to be thankful in our worship this morning.
you need to hear this right now. He's speaking through you. This is how new songs are created. Let your heart cry out to him right now. A song in your heart. You don't need words. The words come from your heart. Let the words come from your heart this morning. Let him feel the words in your heart this morning. Let him feel it. Come on. You cry out to him this morning with words in your heart. We don't need words on the screen. We don't even need instruments playing. We just got to cry out. We just got to cry out this morning. Come on.
for even God. And I just want to speak faith in your heart to believe for the impossible because God is a God of impossibility. He is a possible maker. He makes all things possible. So right now, if there's just something that, if some someone here, I feel like someone in here is just like really no, there's just no way this could happen. I want you to believe and I want you to declare it out of your mouth right now because there's power in the tongue. And I want you to say, whatever it is, God, you can't do this thing for me or my son or my daughter or my parents or my grandchildren. I want you to declare it out of your mouth and you say, God, I believe. Help my unbelief, but I believe you can do it. We're just going to play a little bit longer and then we're going to go back into you are great.
reading here, I keep thinking about what it says in the Bible and all the healings that happened and everything Jesus did. And he said, the number one thing we have to do is believe. That's it. You can talk about it. You can read about it. But you have to believe it in your heart. And when you believe in your heart, he starts doing something amazing in your life. But it's got to start there. There can't be a single bit of doubt that he can't do what he says he can do. Because the same God that did all that back then is the same God that is sitting with you today in this house. And you got to believe that. You're talking to the same one. He doesn't stop doing those things. He didn't, he didn't run out of tokens. Man, he's, he's filled up. He's ready to go. He just needs somebody to come alongside him and believe. That's one of our biggest hang-ups. We get so caught up in what's going on in life, so caught up in everything that's happening that we allow our flesh to think for us and not our heart. Let your heart think for you. Because huh? if he's in your heart and he's thinking for you, that's the best place to be. Sitting in his lap, believing that he can do whatever it is needs to be done. Come on. Can we just do that this morning? Can we just believe in our heart that he wants to do something amazing in you and through you? in this house and in your family come on there is nothing that can stop that if you believe come on so just dig deep right now in your heart I want you to start feeling that what is it that's been just tugging at you what is it that you have that little bit of doubt it's time to cast the doubt out it's time to cast it out and put his face right in the middle of that doubt stare him in his eyes let him do what only he can do in your life. Let him carry that burden. <laughs> His promises are yes and amen. Come on. Let's just sit in that for a moment. Time to clear your heart of all that stuff. Can we just believe this morning? Come on.
chest. So I don't know who that's for. But you're praying about it.
morning, good morning, good morning. Okay, that was the first one. That was just to get your attention. Good morning. All right, I can hear you now. I can be down close. Um, I was going to be down close so I could see all the screens because I had so many cool pictures and videos to show that I wanted to be down here so I could talk to them. Um, so we're going to keep believing in that. But um, <laughs> that was going to, you know, I think what it was is I wanted to show all these pictures and I had about 35 minutes of videos and everything. And I think he said, no, we ain't doing that. He goes, he goes, you talk long enough as it is. We don't need 35 minutes of videos and everything. So, hey, uh, good morning, y'all. It is a, 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 man, it feels like it's been forever since I've been here. So welcome to the gathering place. Uh, come on, long Yeah, come on, get excited, man. You guys are here. Like, like, I think I'm the only one that has to be here, but you guys are here. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I love you guys. If you, if you don't know who I am, if you, because I've been gone a couple of weeks, I am DJ. Uh, my wife and I, we, we get the honor to pastor here uh, at the gathering place. We love y'all so much. And uh, I'm excited to see what God's doing in this house. So if you are new, uh, we do have connect cards. You can fill out a connect card online or you can fill it out uh, at our connection point. It's the big wooden desk in the foyer. Please let us know that you came if it's the first time so we can reach out to you. I actually like to talk to people and write letters to people and let you know that you're appreciated. And we want to answer questions and pray for you. That's it. That's, that's all we want to do. So please, we can't do that if you don't fill out your information. So take some time and do that and let us know you were here. If you want more information about who we are and what we do, you can download our app on Tithely. You can go to the website. All that information's out there. All right, lots of cool stuff. This is good. See, now I can just talk to it, and you can't correct me because I'm saying it wrong because there's no screen. Remember what I told you weeks ago about bring your Bible? Hopefully you brought your Bible because it's not going to be on the screen today. <laughs> You're going to have to share it with your neighbor. I think he was just reassuring us that we're supposed to bring a Bible to, to church. Um, but come on, so this morning we had our kingdom classes. If you don't know what that is, every Sunday... Uh, nine o'clock, we do kingdom classes. And what we're trying to do is infuse knowledge and wisdom. Uh, it's like the, if you want to turn back the time and say, hey, I used to do like Sunday schools, kind of like that. But this is stuff that I would normally talk about up here if I had the chance, don't always have the chance. So we have multiple teachers. Yeah, we did spiritual gifts today, which is really cool. Um, Jen Mayers did that. So thank you, Jen. We appreciate you. Um, now, next Sunday, because it's Labor Day weekend, so we are not having a kingdom class next Sunday, but the following Sunday is important. That's meet the family. So if you are new to the church, uh, if you have questions about that, next Sunday, not next Sunday, the following one, the 11th, uh, I think it's the 11th, I wrote it down, the 11th, uh, yes, the 11th, thank you, Miss Rhonda. See, I don't need a computer, I have Miss Rhonda. And, uh, but uh, on the 11th, we're doing Meet the Family. What that is, you have an opportunity to come in. If you don't know who we are, uh, come speak to the pastor, speak to leadership, speak to elders, speak to the trustees. It's a wonderful time just to sit next door and go, hey, I'm new here. Let me hear about what is the gathering place? What are you all about? We get to talk about well, what, what, what guides us, what leads us. Uh, and you get to speak to all the leadership with that, which is really cool. So it's just a fun time. We meet next door. So uh, look forward to having everybody there. Put that on your calendar on the 11th. We would love to see you. Uh, some good things coming up that I want to, uh, we have what we call Tuesday at the Table. It's revamped. So uh, Tuesday at the Table revamped. What this looks like is once a month, one Tuesday a month, we're going to be doing a Tuesday at the Table. So Tuesday 
at 6 p.m. once a month right here. This is a little different than last time. Before, we used to broadcast it. It used to be live stream. None of that. Okay, we're actually going to have everybody bring a lot of food, and we're going to eat, and we're going to sit down, and we're going to do a Bible study. We're going to dig in. We're going to have a good time as a family. And it's once a month we're doing that. So this is not going to be a every Tuesday thing, but once a month we're going to do that because we two weeks after that we're always doing the night of worship. So, so every month we'll have a night of worship, and every month we'll have a Tuesday at the table. Um, so I'm excited over that. That's going to be really good. You know, we used to do Tuesday at the table every week. And it turned into kind of just like this routine thing that people show up to, and we'd have about 10, 15 people. And we'd have about 100 people watch online because they were like, oh, yeah, that's great information. If I get time, I'll watch it online. But when you start looking at what it takes to make that stuff run all the time, you need people here running cameras, running online, running all that stuff. And I was like, we're going to make it a little more important. If you want to be here, if you want to experience it, if you want to grow in that, if you, wanna, if you want that kind of spiritual growth in your life, just show up. Show up. If you want it, show up. And I know that's going to interfere with some small groups and stuff, and, and I understand. But we had to pick a day, and we're just going to roll with it. And Tuesday at the table just sounds really good. And if you want to know what to do on other Tuesdays, go to Jim Paul's. <laughs> if you're a man. <laughs> Sorry. Favor's not fair. <laughs> so uh, let's see. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about... Uh, we were talking before about a uh, conference coming up, a retreat for men called Man on Fire. Uh, and it was a three-day conference that was going to be uh, in Tuscaloosa, and we had it all set up. Well, the uh, problem was that we needed a certain amount of people in a certain amount of time, and we did not reach that criteria. Okay, and there was a fee for that. Uh, so what we're doing is we are doing a, um, we're still going to have it. It's going to be a one-day, possibly morning, 9 to 12 on October 1st. It's a Saturday morning. Okay, so it's an opportunity for, Brother Billings to come in and share what he has on his heart. He's been called to this ministry. He's been called to men. He's been doing men's ministry for a long time. So it's an opportunity for us to come together. We're going to team up with Courts of Praise, Brother Bo, Mama Rachel over there. And we're going to meet over there uh, in their fellowship hall. Uh, and we're going to come in, So and it's free. So it's not going to cost you anything. We're going to have food. It's, it's like three hours of your morning. And what it's going to do is it's going to describe to you what this is all about. It's going to answer those questions. Hopefully it, it plants a excuse me, it plants a seed in your heart uh, about what we're trying to do with Man on Fire. It's an amazing curriculum. Uh, it's something that we can, we can infuse into our men's ministry and into what we do. So I challenge you all, men, put it on your calendar. October 1st, three hours is not going to interfere with college football. So look, I, look, I've already worked all this out. You know, and if Alabama's not playing, it doesn't matter. See, I said I would never say that from the stage. War Eagle. <laughs> yeah, come on, Hawks. I used to cheer for them all the time. Go Huntington. That's right. Trojans. <laughs> we love everybody. We love everybody. Oh, okay. Anyway. So that's the man on fire. Please uh, sign up for that. We'll have sign-ups, but just put that on your calendar. Don't miss that opportunity to, to show up with a bunch of men, and let's get on the same page, and let's do this thing together. Uh, we do really good with our men's and our men's ministry, but, man, this is an opportunity for us to go a little bit deeper together, and I'm excited about it. So let's be there. Uh, we do have uh, our Mexico trip, uh, another mission trip coming up to Mexico, December 5th through the 15th. Okay, we're trying to take... A certain amount of people, but not a whole bunch of people. I already have a whole bunch of people, which is good. I love that. 
I love that. So what I want to do is we got to start making sure we got everything together, and that might kind of weed out some other things. So the, I'm going to meet next Sunday right after service right here. So next Sunday right after service, meet here. I'll get some information. Right now is a perfect time to buy tickets because the tickets have actually dropped, so they're only like $500 for round trip, which is actually amazing as opposed to the six-something that we were talking about before. So uh, it's getting cheaper to go. So thank you, Lord. That's, that's favor. That's what that is. So um, for the people that want to go, just be here. I'll explain a lot of that stuff. But before then, you should be working on your passport. If you don't have a passport, you can't go. That's just easy. So that might weed out some people. Um, but make sure you're working on that. So if you know somebody interested in missions, have them show up. That's so important that we talk about this. And if you can't go on this one, guess what? This is not a one-time thing. This is going to be a routine thing we're doing uh, is going to the nations. So be prepared for that. And if you want to come just to talk about that because you can't go to this one, but you want to hear you know, more about it, then show up next Sunday right after service. All right. And uh, today is small groups rally day. Come on, y'all. I love this time because we can't do life alone. We talk about that. You cannot just come to church on a Sunday and go home and not talk to anybody for a week and expect to be filled up with, with love and family and all that stuff. We have to do life with other people. That's just part of this. It helps life happen when you get together in your own time and do your own thing. I really like preaching like this. Like I can really get up when someone's not paying attention. I know you're paying attention and be like, man, it's a great thing for you. I can reach out and touch somebody. I like this. All right, I need someone to build me a cool desk about this high, rustic wood right there. But yeah, today's rally day. <laughs> so right after service, we're going to meet over in the annex. We have tables all set up over there. It's a wonderful opportunity to go ask questions about it. You can sign up. Uh, we'll have that open online so you can sign up online if you want to just do it. But man, come on over and see what's set up. Talk to people about it. We have, I think, right about 10, 11 See, Miss Rhonda, it's, I don't care if that computer's not working. Boom, she is on it. We got 11. Look, we got everything from, uh, um, we got a men's group meeting on Tuesdays over at Jim Paul's. Oh, wait, hang on. Miss Karen's cooking. All right, there we go. That's anointed. <laughs> Sorry, brother. <laughs> it is a Bible study. That just doesn't get all the, you know. <laughs> but that's a good group going on. We have, uh, hey, if you like the camp, we have a... Uh, um, well, what are we calling it now? Here it is. Camping crew. Uh, this is what it's going to look like. So Pastor Julie and I are doing a camping crew, uh, small group. So we'll, we'll, we'll do a camping trip once a month as a family. We'll all go out and, you know, fellowship, family, fire, have a good time. Um, and, the, and you can bring a tent. You, can bring, you don't need a camper. Uh, you've got a tent. That's fine. If you want to bunk up with somebody, I'm sure we have room somewhere. We'll see. The, the, the weather the weather's getting better for that, but, but what an awesome time. We got God Guns and Gravy happening again on Saturdays in the fall, which doesn't usually happen. So it's happening because a lot of people saying they want to shoot some guns and eat breakfast. I know nobody's excited, but that's okay. I'm going to shoot some guns and eat some good breakfast and talk about God by myself. Won't be the first time. <laughs> um, we've got all kinds. We've got a new... Uh, um, we've got some new ones coming out. Help me here, Miss Rhonda, because it's not on the screen. We got, yeah, small business owners. We got one called My Father's Business. So it's going to talk about how that injects into the Bible and what that is and how to do that. So if you have a small business, you want to team up with other people with that. We have gals in games. So come on, if you're competitive, 
Miss Pam back there. Yeah. Yeah, she's got flyers, T-shirts, everything. If you like to play games, and look, just like we have men's group, we have, we have women's group. It's gals and games. So, guys, you can't show up to that one. Okay, but it is a good time. It's very competitive. Just come camping, bro. We'll play some games. We'll hang out for anybody that wants to play games. We'll just show up. What are some other ones? Because I know I'm missing them. Who else got something? Worship, yes. We got worship nights, Friday nights. Um, is it called Make Some Noise or Might Get Loud? Make Some Noise, Might Get Loud. There we go. Um, but that is just raw worship, guys. You show up and, and let's just worship. And you never know what turns out with that, but that's really fun. Um, anybody else that I'm not talking about yet? Tommy and Barbara, they have their reflections, right? Yep, reflections. They meet on when? Friday nights. So Friday night reflections, that's awesome. Show up here at the church. But look, all this information is going to be over there. I'm just trying to tease you a little bit and make you go over there and see what else is out there. So I left all the really good ones. Yes, Jonah. Miss Phyllis, you're teaching that one. Come on. Yes, you are. Look, good stuff. All right. So if you don't know, our computer completely crashed. So it's in restore mode. No. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> no, that's, that's a good answer. I, I, I say those things all the time. I used to work on airplanes. That's the first thing I tell the pilots when they land. Did you turn it on and off again? <laughs> Sometimes work. <laughs> then we'd pull the equipment out, drop it on the ground, and it'd work. It's crazy. So anyway, that's rally day today right after service. So that's enough announcements. If I miss something... It'll pop up on the screen when they finally get it going. So, um, but yes, anyway, we got it going back there? Well, good. I'm going to keep talking. How about I pray? Let's pray because I'm ready to get into the Word. I'm kind of fired up. It's been, it's been a little bit. So, Father, we love you, Lord. We thank you for today. I thank you for this opportunity. We thank you that we get to do this. And, Lord, I just ask you to bless my heart. Father, be on my heart. Let it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said amen. 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 So, if you didn't know, I've been gone for a couple weeks on a trip to Africa, so it is very exciting to be home, uh, back home where I absolutely love, I love you guys. I watched online, so, you know, hand clap to our production team. They do an amazing job. Look, and what you don't realize is that right now we have more family now in Africa watching online. That's how that works. Like, you get over there and they want to know, hey, can we watch online? Yes, you can watch online because we have a live streaming capability, so check it out. You can go to the website and catch up on like 800 sermons. <laughs> so if you got a little spare time, go on and catch up. And, and that's what they're doing now over in Africa, which is good. So the fact that I was gone, um, one, I thank you all for your prayers. I thank you for that. I thank you and the blessing and just being able to do this has been absolutely amazing. And I thank our church family. I thank my wife uh, who was here alone without me and doing amazing things in the background and Kevin and Crystal and the staff and for the elders and everybody else that helped while we were gone. It wasn't a normal trip. Like, I didn't go away on a weekend where nothing was happening. Like, there was a, I wanted to be here. I mean, we had major stuff going on. We had, you know, a, a conference thing going on. We had all kinds of stuff that I really wanted to be at that I've been excited about all year. Um, but when we're told to go somewhere, you go. And you just let, you, you let the Lord tell you why. So I wanted to be here, but thank you guys for making that perfect. I had a chance to talk with Pastor Chris, um, and he was just overwhelmed by our church, and just, he can feel the hunger. He just believes that we are all on the same page, and that's awesome. So he felt right at home, 
uh, which is what I told him to do. And so I'm thankful. And, and I'm just thankful that, that we have a hungry church. That's important, man. We got to go after him with all our heart. So that's good. So thank you for everybody that's done an amazing job. Uh, you know, even hosting them and all that has just been good. So um, we've been in this series called Ambassador, which I think is just kind of fitting again. I started it when I came back from Mexico. I thought it was just going to be like a little message I do on being an ambassador. But then, well, here I am back coming back from two weeks in Africa, and I felt like I was supposed to be an ambassador over there. So it kind of falls right in line with everything we've been talking about. And I've, I've shared about this, being an ambassador, what does that mean? You know, how's that respond? So when I look at uh, how do we respond to that, uh, being challenged with that? Because the Bible says, 2 Corinthians 5.20, 2 Corinthians, it's not going to be on the screen. But if I delay long enough, it will be because I, I, we got a really good team back there going at it. So um, they're pulling all the smart people right now. Not that you guys aren't smart. You just didn't volunteer. Want <laughs> to be part of the smart club? Raise your hand. <laughs> All right, so 2 Corinthians 5.20 uh, says, So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. So he is making his appeal through us. The only way he can do that is if we actually resemble him. We are ambassadors. So we're supposed to talk like him, walk like him, and everything we do, everything we say, we're supposed to resemble him. We don't get a say in what we do. We don't get to change it so it fits our schedule. You understand ambassadors, when I think of ambassador, I think about, you know, being an ambassador to the United States. You don't get to make up your own rules. You got to follow with the guidelines and the doctrine of the United States. Well, we as ambassadors of the Lord, we get to follow, right, the Bible. We get to follow him. We get to trust in him and do what he tells us to do. We don't get to change that or, or, or manipulate that or do whatever we want. So, and that's in everything we do. It's how we handle conflict, how we forgive. It's how we love all the way he would do it. All the way it should be done in the kingdom. So you just check yourself there. I could probably say this every week, and I could replay in my mind every week where I said, man, I didn't do good. <laughs> like I failed right there. Why would you have to say that one? I was doing good with the how I talk, and I was doing good with, 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 with how I love people. But the whole forgive thing, ha, ah, got me this week. So I, and I'm sure we can all say that same thing. So that's why I keep bringing it up. We need to hear it over and over again that that is our goal. We're aiming for that. We're shooting for that. We're trying to be ambassadors. Um, and we, you know, here's what I love. So the ambassadors I want to talk about today is, it kind of ties into this. Um, probably the next step. I've talked about this. Ambassadors need to be, let's see, smart. We talked about that. They need to be obedient. They need to be selfless. And ambassadors need to love ambassadors need to love. And that, that's, a, that's a good one. And I know we've probably been talking about love for a while around here, but it's, it's the only language I know that translates to every culture, every nation. You know how easy it is to be an ambassador when you get off a plane and you walk in someplace and there's love? When you can just look at people in the eyes and you can see their heart and they can see your heart, you don't have to say anything. You don't have to speak the same language. It just translates and arms open up and people cry and you hug them and you don't know what they're saying, but you're just like, you need a hug and I need a hug. So let's just hug. So you can imagine how I've been feeling for the last two weeks because I'm a hugger. Don't need a translator for that. I'm like, just get out of the way. And I'm probably going to talk a whole bunch because I've had a translator for two weeks. Not a fluent translator that you can just keep speaking and they just tell everybody like, you got to stop. You're like, tell them I love them. 
It takes that long to say that in two different languages? <laughs> but, and then I didn't know what I wanted to say in the first place. Okay, so today I just get to throw up on you. And, uh, and, you, and I'm close enough. No, I'm just <laughs> but I just get to let it roll today. So, so hang in there. Um, hang in there. It's going to be good. So I love that. So love opens doors that nothing else can. And that needs to be on our heart this morning. Because, man, you get into different nations, it is frustrating if you can't speak the language. If you, and I think about that, and I go, but how does he want us to go to the nations if we don't speak the language? We speak his language. His language is love. I'm telling you, it means so much when you just love people. And that's one thing I got to truly experience the whole time I was over there. That's probably one of the greatest things that, that I saw over there was the love of a country that probably, if you look at their history and you read about it, it's not built on love. It's not. When I think of Benin, Benin was the birthplace of voodoo, um, one of the biggest areas for slavery. In fact, tribes were stealing other tribes and, and selling them off. Slavery was huge. In fact, we were in one, one area over there called the Gate of No Return, and it's where everybody was walked out onto this beach, and they said there were a 1,000 ships lined up. And that's why they call it the Gate of No Return. Because they said goodbye to everything they had. Some of them thought they were being thrown into worship with, with the water gods. And other ones just knew they were going into slavery. And to go out there and walk that beach and, and feel that. But the whole country is just full of love. Like you wave to people, they wave. They smile. Kids are just filled with love. I can't explain it because you, you come to the United States and drive down the street and you cut somebody off and they're angry at the world for the rest of the day. And these are people that don't have a whole bunch. They don't live with a whole bunch. But, man, they sure do know how to love. So that's absolutely amazing. That's what I got to experience. How are we doing back there? Still going? Cool. Let's go to um, well, That's good. Um, so what is love? I think it's a... Uh, we can open our Bibles if you got your Bibles. Love, 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 love. Love is what? Love is what? Patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It's what? 1 Corinthians 13, 4, 7. It says, let's see. That's right. Come on. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. And it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whatever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. It's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. There you go. That's love. How are we going to join the nations? We're going to love. How are you going to restore your family? You're going to love. How are you going to restore relationships in your household? You're going to love. We have to choose that. Even if you feel like you've been a victim... You have to choose that. You love back. The whole turn the other cheek thing, yeah, follow it up with love. It's a hard lesson to learn sometimes. But I've got to witness it, you know, um, to go a little deeper with that. Uh, we were traveling and we went to this. Um, there's markets everywhere over there. I'm going to try to describe everything because Africa is not like you think. I mean, I thought Africa was like, you know, giraffes and... <laughs> 
lions. And I purposely did not do research on Benin because I did not want to go over there with a preconceived notion of what to expect. So I just walked into it. So I thought that's what it was. Not so. <laughs> that's up north. And that's more in the Congo and you get all that stuff. Um, this is actually one of the probably, it's weird. It's one of the most greenest areas in Africa, but it's all dirt. So there are trees and stuff, but the ground is just like a dirty sand dirt. And that's pretty much what's all over the place. And, and everywhere you go is like markets. So everywhere you go, people are just selling stuff and there's no, there's not a lot of paved roads. There's not a lot of houses, none of that stuff. Um, so, so seeing all that and laying your eyes on all that, it changes the way you think about certain things. Uh, and it changes the way you think about what we have compared to what they have and, and all that stuff. And I was going somewhere with that, but, um, <laughs> I really want to describe what that looks like, though, so you understand that, that I didn't have a, a preconceived notion of Africa. I went over there, and other than the fact that I thought that's what it was. So I was thinking that's how it's going to be, but it's completely different. Um, nothing you've, you've experienced here. So, and the good part is I started thinking back of why, do, why did God choose me? So I'm just going to kind of flow into that right now, because if you didn't understand how all this happened, this happened because somebody spoke it at a prayer meeting and said, you're supposed to go to Africa in August. And then that person who didn't know another person and they were going to Africa in August. So I just said, I'm going with you. And I jumped on board because God said I had to be in Africa. So my goal was to just go over there and go, why am I supposed to be in Africa? And what I realized is that on that trip, I'm going, why me, Lord, why me, why me, why me? And I started looking back at everything God's done in my past that set me up for this. It's funny when you can rewind. I did a sermon series on that a while ago, like a ways, long, a couple years ago. It said, be kind, rewind. Um, but I started looking back at everything in my life. I love playing it backwards and go, how did, how did he piece this together? So I started looking back and, and what, what I realized, and there's a lot of things spoken over me while, while I was over there. It took me a whole two days for someone to actually remind me of why I was there and open my eyes to that. But what I started seeing was love. One, if you don't know me, I love unconditional. I shouldn't have to tell you that, but I'm just lining that one up for you. Okay, I've always been that way. I've not had to fight that in my life. I just always felt that way. I tell people when you're called to be a pastor, you're called to be a pastor. Even when you don't know you're supposed to be a pastor, but you wonder why your heart breaks, you wonder why you want to love on somebody. That's just always been me. Okay, and I didn't know that. I didn't come into ministry that way. Okay, this was not, I did not pursue this. Okay. Um, so anyway, it started way back. And then I was in the military for 23 years. And then I realized while I was in the military for 23 years, I put boots on ground in over 25 countries. I was adding them up. And I'm like, man, Lord, you have put my boots on the ground in 25 different countries in the world. With really only one continent left out. And I'm going, why would you do that? Why would you use me like that? Why would that even be part of my conversation? And then he started speaking to me that, that the love that's in you needs to translate to that. And I put your boots on the ground so that you could, you could have an understanding of what it's like to walk in somebody else's territory. And guess what? Now that you're familiar with it, now you're not scared about it. I'll tell you one thing that didn't bother me over there was the culture. None of that bothered me. It doesn't bother me in Mexico. I've lived in different countries. So the cool part was, I get off the plane, I'm like, I'm ready to go. And everybody's like, well, you don't want to go that way. I'm like, why not? <laughs> we are light. <laughs> like, he is inside of me. There is nobody stopping me right now. Like, we were looking for voodoo. 
It's everywhere. You don't have to look too hard. Voodoo's everywhere. But we are looking for encounters because we just believe that we're going to walk in and change the world. And nothing was going to stop us. But I believe that having that in my past, God working that in my life for so many years where I'm used to getting off and not knowing a language, not knowing anything, but I can operate. So I was like, thank you, Lord. I didn't realize that until I sat back last night and started calculating things going, wow, over 25 countries. Why would you do that? Why would that even be part of my plan? And now I'm picking it up. Some of us are called to the nations. Some of us are called to the nations. It doesn't mean you're wrong if you're not, because I didn't think I was. I did not think I was. I was called to Millbrook <laughs> and this family, and I still am. I, I love this family. I know I'm called here, and I'm not going anywhere. But what I also know is that, that when you're faithful and you obey and you say yes, God will open the door to bigger things. And all he did was say, let me show you something. Let me show you a different gate. Let me show you a different way. Let me show you a different people. Let me show you a different time and a different place that you can make an impact. And I was like, wow. And it'll knock your socks off. When you say yes, he'll start opening things that you've never wanted opened. And you didn't understand why they are. So what's that mean for us as a church? Well, not much different. We, we support the nations. We already do. We, we might inject that a whole lot more. We, we might be doing a whole lot more things, but it doesn't change who we are. It doesn't change the fact that we have a city to service. We have to serve this city. We have to pour into this city. We, it doesn't change any of that. We have families in our church. We have to pour in. It doesn't change any of that. The only thing it did is open another chapter for us. And I think that's awesome that after three and a half years that he just keeps flipping the page. And the problem is, is that I think we're still in like the very first chapter of a book. Because he's like, keep saying yes, and I'm going to keep opening it and keep opening it. I'm going to flip another page and flip another page. Yeah, and this is completely different. We have, we have multiple missions now. We serve three different mission fields. Okay, we serve a mission in Mexico, which I went down to. They're reaching, they do have an established mission, but not so much. They're reaching people that's never heard the gospel. Okay, we have a mission field with the Pavilion Village over in Kenya, Africa. The pastor Kevin and Crystal have been working with and, and connected to for years, and they brought that in. Um, into the house and our teens are working with them and they're doing amazing things. That's on the east side of Africa and Benin's on the, the west side. So we have just completely drew a line through Africa and linked the entire continent. Because now we're serving in Benin and Benin is a little different. You know, we brought in Paul Cherie. Uh, she, is, she is the leader over all that. Uh, we brought her in in December. If you want to hear her testimony, if you want to hear what she does, if you want to hear about that mission field, um, I think it was December 12th. If I'm go back in our in our archive sermons and go to and she was here um, speaking on what that was. What's significant about that is the fact that three years prior to that, I got a pamphlet that is still in my Bible to this day. I didn't know her, but the guy that was running that handed it to me, and I kept it because I felt connected to her and I never met her. And then three years later, I, I get a phone call that she's in the United States and I just have to drive two and a half hours to go meet her. And I do, and then she preaches at our church and next thing I know, I'm in Africa. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Okay. And, and what we don't realize about her, if I could explain it, some people will get this, some won't. Because some of you didn't know Mama Lo. But she's Mama Lo on steroids. If her and Mama Lo were together... We wouldn't be here anymore. 
Because it would have been perfect. I mean, her heart. You know, the cool part was everywhere I was over there, I saw Mama Lowe, which was a reunion for me. Her spirit was in it, which was so powerful and so awesome. But I'm standing next to Pocherie, and this is a woman who came out of voodoo. She shared her testimony. Go on and watch it. And she established an orphanage. She now has 160 kids in this orphanage. And it's not an orphanage like the U.S. You don't get to go in and pick a kid and take them home. You're in the orphanage, you're in the orphanage. Until you have to leave the orphanage when you're 18, 19, or an adult. It's not like the U.S. And when they're in the orphanage, they're getting three meals a day, um, which is usually rice uh, mixed with some fish. Um, they have clothes. Um, they go to school, which is different because if you're in the orphanage, you get those privileges. Other people in Africa don't have those privileges. It costs her $20,000 a year to put 160 kids in school because they don't have public school. No state-funded school, no federal school. So she pays for that. 160 kids, that's still really cheap. I mean, some of you pay college. Some of you put your kids in private school right now and it costs you $1,000 a month. I'm not picking on you. I did that. $20,000 a year to put 160 kids through school. And when you see them, it's not just, it's just not an orphanage. Like the kids, will, they're just amazing. But what you realize is she's doing what we've been trying to create over here. She's been doing it. So she's raising up sons and daughters who are going to be fathers and mothers who are going to raise up sons and daughters. So everybody that goes into that orphanage, they're getting trained, they're getting some kind of schooling, and they're going to be doing that in ministry. So right now when we were over there, we got to ordain 12 pastors. Yeah, it's, these are, took them three years. It's been three years to see 12 pastors get prepared for this. 12 pastors to go out. Four of those already have, her, you know, her church over there is called Hope Gate. It's the Hope Gate. So her, her orphanage is called Exodus House. But out of Exodus House, they do one service there out of Exodus House. And it's called Hope Gate. And then she has four other Hope Gate churches that she has now planted in three years. Now, they don't all have places. A lot of people do them in their homes. Uh, one guy has 40 people showing up in his house. In fact, this is why if I had the videos, I'd show you. But if you remember, we poured into them financially back in December. And we poured into them financially when, we, when I went over there. Okay, so we've probably given them well over eight to $10,000, okay, and poured into their ministry. Well, when she did that, she was able to buy property. She started building a church. So I got to walk on the ground of the church she built with what you guys gave. Yeah. Here's the thing. It's beautiful. It's got walls. No roof, no floor, no doors, no windows. It's got a well, which is absolutely amazing. Um, but when they built it, a storm came through and knocked two walls down. So they had to get two walls rebuilt. You know, so I talked to her and I said, well, you know, who's having this? We anointed the pastor who's taken over that church. And she goes, he has 40 people already in a voodoo village that are now Christians that are part of this church. And they're just, they just need room. She goes, so I got to get this, I've got to get this up and, and built. And what you don't understand, this is not like we, we are not called into an orphanage and a mission that is filled by a whole bunch of churches. 
When COVID hit, she lost all her supporters, but Pastor Jason and Crestview. It takes $800 a month to feed 160 kids three meals a day. It takes $20,000 a year to put them in school. And when you save up money to build a wall, to fix a church, the rainy season comes and they get typhoid and yellow fever. And now most of the money you saved up goes into medicine. She has a social worker that, that works there and comes in. She has a nurse that comes in. But her money is like, you know, what, what you give to one thing, it's easily drawn to the next because it's all about priorities and emergencies. Here's the good part. She's very intelligent. She is a very intelligent, like, amazing woman. And she finds ways to make money. She created this whole thing on her own. Okay? She has a farm that was actually given to her by her parents that disowned her when she became a Christian, but they died and she got it. That farm now has pigs. It now has uh, vegetables that are growing. It has orange trees. Um, it has corn. It has goats. It has chickens. Um, she, they have a, she started a catfish farm. I'm just giving you information now because this testimony is probably what you need to hear because you need to know that, one, she's a good steward of everything you've given her. And she was going to walk me around and show me that this is not for her. So she started a catfish farm with a baptistry. I call it a baptistry. I said, that's the size of our baptistry. Think of our baptistry with 500 catfish in it. Costs $50 to buy 500 little catfish. It takes five months to raise them to the size, and she sells them for $2,000. Wow. You're going to love this. You know what she feeds them? There is some catfish food that you have to feed them. But other than that, they get rabbit poop. It works. And all the water, they change the water once a week. And the water that's filled with all this stuff gets flushed throughout the garden. It's amazing fertilizer. So her stuff is growing when nobody else's stuff grows. She's like, we thought that was a good idea. I said, you're a genius. So if that makes $2,000, it's like eighteen fifty when you take out the expenses. She can do that. It takes five months. She can do that twice a year. She goes, I've got to raise $20,000 to get my kids in school. Because if they miss, if it's three years of school and they miss one year, they got to start back at zero. They could be in their third year, miss it. They got to go back to grade one. Yeah, like it's crazy. But that's the laws over there. Okay, so, so she has all that. She has this farm set up for that. Um, and she does amazing with that. So immediately when I saw it and Pastor Jason, who went with me from Crestview, this is a church that they've established. They've, they ordained. They've helped establish this uh, Hope Gate. They're in Southgate in Crestview. He's the one that I got to tag along with. And, um, you know, we're standing there looking at it. We're both number guys. So we start asking all the numbers. Like, what do you need? How much would it take? So we need 12 tanks. We need 12 baptistries set up on our property with fish in each one. And if she had 12 baptistries set up, <laughs> I'm just going to keep calling baptistries. It makes sense. Then guess what? She can do that twice a year. She has abundance. She can feed her kids. And we're like, you found a cash crop. People are fighting to buy these catfish. So we're like, you hit it. Like you found it. So our job is to then try to promote that and say, well, how do we do that? 
and what's that look like? So it's a different mission field when I say that because they're established. They have a ministry. She's an apostle. She has raised up pastors. They're going out and sharing the gospel with, with family. They don't need us to come in and walk beside them and share the gospel to people that never heard it. Our whole goal over there is to come in. Our goal is to come in and encourage them and love on them and tell them how wonderful they're doing and correct them if they're doing something wrong. But we got invited into this. There's one other ministry doing this. This is not like 50 churches pouring in. We got invited into this family. So we're going to treat it that way. We're going to walk with caution. This isn't for us to take over. It's for us to come alongside Southgate and then come in there and pour in. She calls me Uncle DJ now. I'm not Papa. You know, Pastor Jason's Papa. Pastor Misty is Mama. I'm Uncle DJ, um, which I, I accept. Um, and we had to wear the, the awesome gowns, if you saw the pictures. We said we would never dress up in the gowns, but that's their culture. And we said, we'll do it. If that's what you, if you want to recognize us like that, we'll do it. So it's a different mission field. So we're not going to be sending 10 people a year to Africa. That's a waste of money. We can take that money and give it to the orphanage. You don't need that. What they need is somebody to come over and be relational with them and to walk them through stuff. Okay, so that, that's like a, a one to two. I'll tell you the truth right now. She's invited us back every February and every August. I'm not doing that, but I will go back in August. And if I find the right person that's mission-minded, that has the heart that I have, that wants to go with me, and they have walked that process, and I've sat down with Pastor Jason, and we have cleared that person, that person will go with me. And I will introduce them to Pocherie, and I will introduce them to the family so that they can start trusting people. This is not like a whole bunch of people going to Africa. I had to go lay my boots on ground to see that. It's not necessary. You want mission? You want a chance to do missions? We're going to go to Mexico where we can take 12 people at a time and they have it set up where we can teach you how to share the gospel. We can put you in front of people who's never heard it before. We, we, we have the, the, the infrastructure to control that and handle that. That's what Mexico's for. So if you're interested in missions, Mexico's your trip. It's also very cheap. It costs over $3,000 to go to Africa. Do that with 10 people. And then go, man, if we would have sent them 30 grand. Yeah, right now she said it's going to take about $10,000 to finish that church. That's to put a ceiling on it, a roof on it, windows in it, doors in it, a floor in it, everything they need. It's not like church like this, y'all. It's a concrete floor and concrete walls. That's what you get. Then I said, well, let's look at the orphanage. So I went to the orphanage, which is where she does most of her stuff. Um... And while I was there, I got to look at, um, one, the accommodations for all the kids, which you probably wouldn't let your kids sleep there. You wouldn't let them use the restroom. They have a toilet with no toilet seat, no toilet paper. They have a shower that's a bucket. But guess what? You can't walk over there and go, oh, you, you just have it so bad. They don't know what it's like to have anything different. doesn't mean they don't deserve to have anything different, but what it means is that they're like, look, man, I was on the street. <laughs> like, this is awesome. I'm going to school. I got three meals a day. I got a place to go to the bathroom. I can wash, and I got a place to sleep, some of them. Some of them sleep on the ground, concrete. They need bunk beds. 
I said, well, how many bunk beds? She goes, a lot. She has 160 kids. I think I saw in the men's dormitory, I saw three bunk beds per room, and there might have been 10 rooms. I said, well, how much are those? And she's like, they have to make them out of wood down there and have mattresses and everything. It's $300. I was like, okay, $300 for bunk beds to have kids someplace to sleep. See, they, they, they don't need us to come over and preach the gospel, but we, guess what we have? We have resources they don't have. And, and, and the fruit's over there. We're watching kids grow up and preach the gospel. We're watching kids lay hands on people. We're, I mean, talk about children's ministry. I went during a youth conference. Man, all I wanted to do was dance and jump up and down and all these kids up front jumping up and down and everybody's having a good time. And I'm like, this is home. And these kids are full of life and they're praying for each other. I mean, I was wondering what they're doing at one time because it looked chaotic. And she goes, they're praying. And I was like, come on. I mean, it was powerful. They're running around. It, it, it was, so I've never seen it before. Okay, so, so they have that. So really what they need are the resources. So what are some other ways? So she has the farm. They sell cookies. Posteries cookies are bought before they go to market. But they doubled the price of everything over there. So while they doubled the price, they shut everything down because nobody wanted to pay extra because the average wage in Benin, if you are a minimum or medium bracket, is $75 a month. That's what they make. You spend more than that at Starbucks. <laughs> and I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm just putting it in perspective. Like, that's what they get. So people are like, if you raise the price on cookies, we can't buy it. She's like, if I don't raise the price on cookies, I'm not making any money. She has a full-on bakery. But her oven, you're going to love this. Where's all the cooks in here? Her bakery oven is a huge mud bakery oven that you slide it in this, like, brick mud oven. And it's got, like, the biggest KitchenAid mixer. I don't know what it is. It's run by a, a motor. I took a bunch of pictures of motorcycles over there, Jim Paul. But they have this, like, motorcycle motor that runs, and it stirs this thing, and they can actually mix the cookie mix. But they sell out on cookies. She's like, so we can do that. We can sell cookies, and I can sell catfish, and we can eat, and we can survive. Their kitchen that held everything, uh, three weeks before we got there, was blown over. Last week, the week right before we got there, as soon as it happened, they started building a kitchen on the back of the orphanage. I have pictures of all this. I'll show you later. Um, and I'm like, well, what's it going to cost? Because it was just beams, like, like concrete. They have these concrete forms, which is awesome, and then they pour concrete in it, and you break the forms apart, and it holds up sometimes, and sometimes it doesn't. And I'm like, all I had was a couple poles, and I go, well, what's it going to take to fix your whole kitchen and give you a roof and sidewalls and everything? And she said, 3000 I was like, $3,000 to have a kitchen? I was like, okay. I was like, man. So I kept adding this up. I'm like, man, so you need 3000 for a kitchen. That's so you can make cookies. That's so that you can, I'm sitting there going, man, and feed the kids. And I don't know. Like, in my mind, I'm a numbers guy. So I'm sitting there going, there's a need, but it's not like something way out there. It's not like we have to come back with $500,000 and go, I think we can help you out a little bit. 
So she's been very blessed with all this and people give and people have been blessing her and, and Pastor Jason gives to her monthly and uh, we're going to give as a church monthly to help support that. Uh, we're also going to have opportunities for you if you want to give. We'll share the link. You can give directly to her uh, if that's something that's in your heart. Um, but it's absolutely amazing what she's doing, um, trying to create income, trying to create ways to take care of these kids. Um, she actually bought uh, the property. She's had a lot of stuff given to her, which is amazing. Um, she did share her story on one of the videos. But when she found the property, she actually prayed about it. And God said, go get property. And she went to the place where the orphanage is right now and said, and it was just a field. And she said, I need property. And the guy said, well, how much money do you have? And she goes, none. <laughs> she goes, let me walk the property. And if I walk the property, I'll have the money. And she walked the property and said, this is going to be our property. And she went back. And the guy that was helping her pay rent at the old property she said, uh, he told her, he goes, I'm sick of paying rent. He goes, I just want to buy you property. He, he goes, go find property. She's like, I just did. So he bought her the property. And I'm like, she goes, that's how God works. She goes, I'm just trying to do the work of the father. And her whole heart's in it. Like, I'm telling you, this is like Mama Lowe thinking here. Like, she, she can do all kinds of stuff. So, um, so she's got a lot going on. She's got a field that she purchased behind the orphanage. She's going to make the hub church. She has four churches already. And they're getting planted all the time. And it's the gospel. It's real. Majority of the place over there is voodoo and Catholic. And it's mixed, voodoo and Catholic. So in other words, they teach the Bible and they sacrifice things. That's what they grew up in. <laughs> so this is what she's pulling kids out from. There's a lot of scars on their faces. When you see people over there, they have scars on their cheeks and scars on their arms and on their chest, and that's because they were deep in voodoo. So what they do is they cut you. So you'll see kids with cuts on their face that their parents were deep in voodoo. Um, so it, it's just, it's amazing. So with all that being said, uh, in the middle of a student conference, in the middle of all this, in the middle of seeing all these kids and looking at all this stuff, um, I've had a couple people ask me, you know, well, what was the most, the greatest thing you experienced over there? And I got to tell you, it's kind of the same stuff that I experienced back here. When we got over there, we're staying in a place that we rented in uh, Mama Pocherie. She has um, helpers that come in and they're ones, one of her, they, they came out of her orphanage and one of them is, is in culinary school. So he was uh, kind of like a chef for us. And then there was another lady that uh, I think is related to her that is also a chef, but she's a mama. But they came and stayed in the house with us. Um, and they were making us food every day. And we had to tell them, quit making American food. <laughs> They're like, we got to make you American food. I'm like, no, 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 no. We want African food. Right. Like, we didn't come here to have French fries. <laughs> like, it's not cool. So we finally told them that we wanted real African food, which is really spicy and really good doesn't always look good, but man, it tastes good. So uh, we got them talked into that. And then what we started noticing is she has a, a couple kids that came back as translators. So like I said, we all had to have translators. Uh, one kid named Isaac. This is probably my favorite story. Isaac um, speaks five languages. Um, all Him and his three siblings were dropped off by their dad to the orphanage because his mom died. Um, and his mom, when she died, she was the breadwinner and did everything in the family. And his dad at that moment fell into a season of mourning and grief and couldn't get out of it. 
couldn't get a job, didn't want to work. So he dropped all the kids off with Mama Pochery, and she took them all in. Because of that, um, his two oldest, the two brothers, Caleb and Isaac, are both in school. They're in college. Um, they're actually getting technical skills and, and learning. Uh, Isaac is actually learning in Nigeria. And because he was on break, he came back to be our translator. Like I said, he speaks five languages. And he goes, I don't know what I want to do in my life. I'm like, you speak five languages. <laughs> like, come on, you can do anything, man. Um, but uh, he came back and, and he was sharing with us. And every day, um, I was usually the first one up. So every day, I'd have my Bible and I'd sit out in the, in the living room with my coffee, which is only instant coffee, by the way. <laughs> Wrote that down. Next trip, take some coffee. Um, and I'd sit out there and uh, Isaac would come in and I'm like, hey, man, did you bring your Bible? And he's like, oh, no, I left it in the car again. And I'm like, cool, sit down. I said, you're going to read mine. So I'd, I'd take him to a page and then he got used to that. So every morning he'd come in and sit down and grab my Bible and just start reading like he'd never read it before. And I'm like, wow, like I didn't realize that you just didn't read your Bible like that. And he was like, I've never heard it that way. And now granted, they have the King James and I, I took over there my NLT. Uh, that's what I'm studying right now. So um, he was amazed. And while we kept talking and sharing, you know, I started talking about his family. Because when you do life with somebody, you got to talk to him. He didn't have a dad in his life. And I wasn't trying to be a dad. I was just trying to be a good guy who wanted to listen to him. And he said, yeah, he goes, I haven't talked to my dad. He goes, I saw my dad um, real quick. When he drove in from Nigeria, he drove through the city where his dad is. He goes, but my brothers and sisters haven't seen him. We don't talk. Um, he, he doesn't do anything. He lives in somebody's garage that fixes cars, and he sleeps in there. And uh, I'm like, man, well, we'll just pray for him. And I said, I'm praying for your relationship with him. Um, and then he comes back the next day, and he's like, I want you to meet my dad. And we're like, okay. I was like, we can do that. And so it took... You know, Mama Postry actually gave him money uh, to go down into the city and get, uh, take a taxi down, which is like an hour away to where his dad lived, and bring him back. And we were out doing ministry because we were up and early and doing stuff till midnight. And we came back for lunch, and his dad was there. And as soon as we walked in the door, his dad just started weeping. And we're like, man. And he was so thankful that people were pouring into his kids. But he doesn't talk to Mama Pocherie because he couldn't face her because he dropped his kids off because he couldn't take care of them. And we sat him down, me and Pastor Jason, and we're sitting there talking to a kid who, one, they don't cry over there. So I had a really hard time. <laughs> they were like, what is that coming out of your eyes, man? Uh, they just, they don't show emotion. Like that, that culture um, in Benin, I don't know what it is, but when they get sad, they just shut down. And, and I'm just not used to seeing that. I just weep all the time. So I'm like, I'm weeping. And uh, we're talking to the dad, and he's trying to explain how happy he is, and his son's translating to us. And we're finally telling his son, we're like, I told him, I said, I said, when's the last time you told your dad you loved him? And he's looking at me, and I was like, and he goes, I don't know. And I said, tell your dad you love him. And he just looks at me, and I was like, you need to tell him. And I said, now tell your dad to tell you he loves you. And this kid starts weeping because he's got to tell his dad, tell me you love me. Yeah. That's deep, y'all. I'm like, come on. 
So they exchange that, and then the dad's kind of looking at his son cry, and the dad's crying, and he's kind of like, I think I put my hand on you. And we're like, hug your son. Hug him. Grab him. And all you see is a father and a son embrace each other and just start weeping. So that was my favorite moment over there. The fact that God put somebody in our lives that we could just talk to and do life with and sit with in a room and get him connected back with his dad. That's what that was about. All the other stuff going on, I was like, come on. And then everybody's helping in the house and, and the culture there is that you come in and, and they'll serve you and then they go back in the kitchen. So we're like, no, no, no. So we went outside and got some patio furniture. We're like, you're sitting at the table, y'all. It don't work this way. Like we eat together. Like this is family. So we started doing that. And one of the lady, Lena, I go in to get water in the morning. This is my second favorite moment. <laughs> I go in to fill up our water because you can't drink the water out of the tap. So you got to put it, I carried a little cup. And she goes, she goes, Papa. And I was like, yeah. And she goes, can you pray for me? And I'm like, sure. I'm like, what do you want to pray about? And she goes, I don't want to live anymore. Okay. That's a whole nother level. So I grab her by the hand and I said, we're going to pray right now. And I take her out to everybody else. And now we're all surrounding her and we're all praying over her and we're all weeping together and we're crying together and we're just praying that the Holy Ghost fill her up. And it just wrecked her. It wrecked her. The whole day she's texting us, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And the rest of the time she's part of the family and she's, she's playing games with us and she's worshiping with us and she's doing life with us. So now I get all these calls from Benin right now on my WhatsApp. It's pretty awesome. I get text messages and voice messages. Hey, Papa DJ, we miss you. We love you. I'm just sending them back. I like it. I'm trying to translate it into French. <laughs> yep. I'm like, I love you too. I miss you. And then even when they call, you can hear their voices. Um, but man, that's what it is. That didn't come out of the fact that we had to take money to them or we had to do anything outside the Bible. It was just love somebody. Like, just love them. So if the whole purpose of God having me go over there to Africa was to look a son in his eyes and a dad in his eyes and say, hug your son, hug your dad. If that changed the world, so be it. I'll pay $3,000 again and again and again and again and again to make sure we're available to do that. So those are my best moments. I mean, were there other great moments? Absolutely. But those were the best ones when you could actually do life with somebody and have sons and daughters that are hungry, that need loving, and you just get to love them. So that's why I say ambassadors need to love. We're called to love first. Everything else doesn't matter. Everything else will happen. If you believe, we talked about that in the beginning, we can pray about finances. Guess what? They happen. I mean, that's how we're in this building, y'all. <laughs> we prayed and we believed. That's how they're in buildings. So yeah, can we help them financially? Yeah. Will I get you more information? Will I be able to play videos and stuff later on? We good? Oh, I'm just getting emotional. What, what time is it? Who cares? You guys want to watch a video real quick? Let's play video one now that I explained everything. 
This was done by Ethan, who is the teenager. He's 18, and he came over and videoed everything for us, and he does all this for Crestview. He's Jason's son. I went with Phineas. I went with Ethan. I went with Samuel, who is here with us, and I went with Jason. And then a, a lady named Susan from Hope, Gate, or Hope Chapel. You turn it up. We just have a sound issue. Might be a mute button.
So we're just going to keep playing them. Are you guys good with this? We only have three videos, but we're going to play the second one right now, and then we'll finish up, I promise you. When you saw the anointing, you saw a little kid there. His name's Samuel. His parents couldn't have a son. They had all daughters, and when he was born, they donated him and gave him to the Lord, and they said, we're going to ordain him and give him to the Lord. Imagine that, and his name's Samuel, so there you go. This has a lot of our youth camp, 350 students from 12 different churches. This 
was every night from 9 to 12. <laughs> it was awesome. Kids asleep on our laps. Go to Samaria. Go to the ends of the world. We need people for God. It is the great commission. It is the great commission. We are going to Jerusalem, to Judea, to Samaria, and to the uttermost. Hey, be a witness. Be a witness. Be a witness. Be a candle in the dark. over there and they reproduce and have bunnies really fast <laughs> she's pretty smart
And you need to see all this because this is good stewardship. This is what happens when you give and you have to trust people that they're going to do the right thing. He said, you need to, to shop. That is good picture. You did? He's only been cut down the coconuts. One coconut, watch this. Example, you saw that. That's the main transportation is a motorcycle. Seeing whole families, six people, little babies on a motorcycle, all on the same one. Just jump in when they want you to dance. <laughs> you want to watch it. You guys good? Yeah. All right. I mean, you're not going to hurt my feelings if you need to leave. But don't forget, we have small groups sign up next door.
build on the water. out there because another tribe attacked them a long time ago and they escaped to the water and everybody was scared of the water so they built a village in the water had to carry dirt out with buckets after they traded so they could build a mound of dirt so their kids wouldn't get land sickness when they went to the market So when we're talking about water baptisms in the Western church, we kind of just see it as a, as a next step process, something that you just do. Everybody does it. And we, I don't want to say that we've numbed it down or dumbed it down, but it almost sometimes feels that way. I, and I'm not going to say that certainly for everybody, but there is oftentimes that it kind of feels that way. When we, we got the privilege of doing water baptisms when we were there in Benin. <clears throat> And whenever I say that the Holy Spirit is moving in that, in that nation, in that country, I, I mean he's moving radically. We are, we've got the privilege of baptizing between 56 and 60 uh, young kids, varying in ages all the way up into their teens. The thing that they do before they can even enter into water to be water baptized is they get through a six-month teaching and training process. And in that six-month training process, they are studying and reading the Word of God. They have a gained understanding of a head knowledge of exactly what they are about to do. They know exactly what's happening and exactly what they're saying yes to and what they're saying no to. And I, and I say that what they're saying no to intentionally. 
there is a gross pollination of all religions mixed with voodoo in Benin. You can bump into to assembly of God churches over there that, that, that missionaries came there with, with, with the word of God, powerful word of God, but it has been cross-pollinated with voodoo. The same thing with Catholicism. Catholicism was one of the first religions that hit the shores of Benin. And, and in that, whenever you go around, and you, you can see a Catholic church plainly, but it is so steeped with voodoo religions where they are reading and teaching the Word of God. They're teaching baptisms, but they're also making blood sacrifices at the same time. And they're calling themselves Christians. This is different. This is Jesus. This is Jesus' feet. Boots on the ground there in Benin. And when these kids come out of the water, that that whole part moves from the head to the heart. And they are completely transformed and brand new. They, 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 have, they have a fear of the water that's been steeped in them since they were little kids. Many of them still carried it into adulthood because of how strong voodoo is. It'd be like growing up in New Orleans, you'd be Catholic, right? Growing up in Benin, you grow up voodoo. They believe in that python spirit. They believe in that serpent spirit that lives in the water. And when they enter that water, that fear-based thinking is entering in their mind. And many of them haven't even been in water deeper than their ankles. We're asking them to walk, you know, 30, 40 yards out in the water and get waist deep. And then let us completely submerge them. And when I say it's a life-changing experience, it's... It's not just a life-changing experience for them. It's a life-changing experience for me. Just to have the honor and privilege of being able to witness this expansion of the kingdom, the growth of the kingdom in a place like that. And watch that experience move from what they've been studying and what they've known and what they've learned over a six-month, some of them eight-month and a year time period, move to their heart. When they come out of that water, it's it's a... It's absolutely moving. Your heart is changed. You are different. And here comes another one. I just can't express the honor and the joy that it is to get to work alongside you. Like you genuinely feel that you are working alongside the kingdom of God. And it is moving heavily there. The kingdom is advancing. And it was a tremendous honor for the team. Freedom. Worship now, worship now, worship your God. 
Supposedly fearless, but all over town and in churches abide. Powerful weaklings who practice their politics, stealing from Jesus his beautiful bride. Whether you're Pharisees, Sadducees, heresies, you best get out of God's way. God is saying, Freedom to dance, come on, freedom to sing. Worship now, worship your God. Come on, worship now, worship now, worship your God. Yeah, worship now, worship now, worship your God. Worship now, worship now, worship your God. Let him go. And uh, God told me one money to find land because it's a problem every time to can pay the rent for the orphanage. And we own money for the owner. And it was uh, very difficult for us to eat and pay the orchestra and pay this for the school and pay. Then God, God told me one day, go to find land. And I'm like, uh, if he said go to find land is... Uh, because he want to buy me land. And I came to the mayor of uh, Tori and I said, I need 
to buy one land, one big land like this. And he says, how much money you have? But I don't have any money that day. And I'm like, okay. When I saw the land, I know the price, the money will come. And he told me, he take me in his car and we came here. And he says, is the land I can't sell to you here? I'm like, okay, how much is it? He said the price to me. Then uh, I came and I take the sand of here. I went to Paul. I put on my desk and I start to pray. Lord, you send me to my land. This is uh, the land. I want to buy this land. Then when I, I call somebody evening, I said, I want for you to help me to pay the rent. And he says, I'm tired to pay that rent every month now. Go to find land. I want to buy you land. I'm like, God, are you serious? <laughs> because I'm like, how he can tell me go to find land? I find the land and same day somebody say, I want to buy land for you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And uh, it's like that. Uh, Richard, can you come tomorrow to my office? He is from Benin. I went to the office and he gave me check. The price of the land. Wow. <laughs> and I go to pay. When I pay, start to call, we want to help to build, we want to help to build, and we start to build. First we build this. When we came here, you know, when we, we have the land, the same month the owner said, I need my house. Then what are we going to do? How children going to go to school? How to come to work? We have the land already, but no building. Then we start to this like a, like a school for them mm -hmm. and uh, we do quickly something before starts to 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 build the dormitory <clears throat> and they go to school this in this and they sleep in this before we start to so this was the first place to start yes yes this was dormitories and school yes <laughs> with no window no door it's like that we start the orphanage we are playing to have money to build this school now. <laughs> How did you get money to build that? You know, people just help. You know, it's a story um, I can't tell. I can't tell. There's a power in poverty that breaks principalities and brings the authorities down to There's a brewing frustration and ageless temptation To fight for control by some manipulation But the God of the kingdoms and God of the nations The God of creation sends this revelation Through the homeless and penniless, Jesus the Son Poor will inherit the kingdom to come And where will we turn when our world falls apart And all of the treasures we've stored in our barns Can't buy the kingdom of God And who will we praise when we've praised all our lives 
kingdoms and men who build fame, but heaven does not know the names. And what will we fear when all that remains is God on the throne with a child in his arms and love in his eyes? And the sound. Of his heart those kids are singing is that if we can all be hand in hand here doing this what could happen if the whole world was hand in hand doing this and they just kept singing it and they just kept singing it so it's just powerful so hopefully you got to experience a little bit of that in the video that I couldn't really explain to you now I know how you know Paul felt <laughs> walking around trying to share stories when you don't have pictures. Do we have any pictures back there? Or is it just the videos? I'll show you. I took pictures of everything that I talked to you about. And I'll bring them up another time. We have plenty of Sundays left. Um, but, uh, but I do thank you all. And I appreciate you. And hopefully you get to see a little bit of, of what you do and how you do it. And the difference it makes. It's huge. The point of me going there was to put boots on ground to see and verify that we're being good stewards of what God asked us to do. And I can tell you, I couldn't pick a better person to do what she's doing. She is absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. So we have family in Benin. We have family in Benin. The cool part about Benin, if you look on the map, it's shaped like a key. It's in the shape of a key. And I truly believe that is the key to the gate to the kingdom. If we could take that nation, if we could have the gospel explode there, It'll open a gate that will change the world. I truly believe that. And we're going to be part of that for a really long time. So I thank you guys for that. I thank you for hanging out. Um, so, yeah, I know uh, hopefully you guys can go on and stay a little bit for our small groups and uh, uh, sign up for those, please. Don't forget, that's so important that, that we do life together, and you can do that online. And um, 
Yeah, let me pray. And um, if you want to give, uh, you, you just need to know that, that when you give here, it makes a difference. It truly makes a difference. Um, and we appreciate everybody that gives, and, and we thank you for that. And, yeah, we never tell anybody to give. If you don't want to give, you don't give. I'm, 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 I, I, I always say that. Like, I don't need you giving money that you're not, not happy about giving. God says you've got to be a cheerful giver. So um, I'm thankful that, that we have a bunch of cheerful givers in this house. Um, so I want to pray over you. I want to pray over this offering. You can give at the doors. You can give online. Um, but you do need to know it makes a difference, everything you do. We don't take it lightly. I might not talk about money all the time. That's because I don't feel like I have to. I believe God will speak to your heart and you'll give. I, if I have to come up and tell you to give every Sunday, then there's a problem. <laughs> it's not a problem with this church. It's a problem with a heart. So I don't do that. Um, but I do like to show you things that, that are happening to what you give because that's important that you see. Other than what you see in person, I mean, we have a lot that happens right here. But now you get to see what's happening in the nations, which is so cool. So, Father, we love you, Lord. We thank you. Uh, man, we're so thankful we get to do this. I'm so thankful for this family. Thank you for our nation and family, Father. Fill me with joy once again. Thank you for letting us be part of it. Father, we submit everything. Father, bless us. Be with us. God is leading us in everything we do. We love you. We love you. We love you. We, love you. we thank you. So, Father, we, we continue to say yes. So, Lord, you just, just blow the wind in any way you want us to go, Lord. Speak to us. We're going to say yes, Father. And we love you. We thank you. Have your way. Touch us, protect us, and guide us through this week. Amen. Amen. I look forward to seeing everybody next week. Um, don't forget to go sign up for small groups. Uh, that's really important. Take a look at that.